Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, everyone out there. How's everybody going? This is Steve Zakovich uh, with host uh, Arnie Levine. Uh, he may show up. And so tonight's show will be a very interesting one. And this is brought by County Properties, uh, which Arnie is a broker of. Uh, if you have questions, you can always call in. And that number is one three. Four seven two one five eight seven zero nine. So tonight's subject right there is blaming the creator, and we'll take a look at it in a probabilistic way right there. So we'll look at three ways to uh, look at blame: one to blame oneself or another or thing, or to blame the creator. It is in this self-reflection we see the attribute of one's self-refinement. How is the soul? Then one creates a hellstone within their own reality of releasing negative energies into the world, some wanting to be wanted to be uh, perfected. So we understand uh, taking a look at when people are upset or having hard and difficult times, they always want to find a way to have someone to blame. And they can blame themselves or they can blame the object that they're upset with or they can blame the creator. But one of the most really important things right here, uh, when we start making a blame right there, something going wrong in the world around us, we have to take a look at the power the object is or the thing or the person or even the creator, how it's reflecting on us. We can believe it or we can say that, you know, it doesn't affect you. So when we take a a deeper look at this right here, and it goes into the deeper aspect of one's personal uh, persona and how they look at things. If an object is something that is causing you a lot of difficulties, so you can replace it or you can repair it. And in Kabbalah, we refine or correct right there. So for an object, to blame, to blame an object, it's only a material object right there. And the material object is made of the corporeal aspects of material. And we can replace that. And if it's so big or something like that, we can look at the size of it and see how did we give it so much control over us that we get upset with it. This is where the true aspect of trying to understand the things around us and how they control us. Now, that's one way to look at an object. But we can also look at another large thing in this world is that some people who believe in Hashem, and of course Hashem has many names, they have difficulty with something in their life and they will blame the Creator. Well, basically the Creator creates all things. It creates the good inclination and the evil inclination. But we have to understand that when things are going bad right there, if we have faith in the Creator right there, we have an understanding that that if we blame Him, that's really the first step of having an understanding what our Creator is. And some people don't have anybody to blame, so they can blame the world or they can blame themselves. But we who have faith right there, we 
we get upset and we blame it on the creator. And the creator listens to uh, the person that's having the difficulty and suffering and those particular aspects. But the object really is a reflection of oneself. And if we have faith, we usually make prayers and stuff like that. And when everything is going really well in life, you know, we love our creator. But when things are going tough, and we kind of turn our back on the creator and kind of blame him. And so we have an understanding of what, what faith is right there is that we believe in the creator no matter what happens to us. Whatever happens to us, we understand that everything that we exist is in his hands. Now, yeah, we can blame an object or we can blame another person like that, but when you blame the creator right there, which is basically your faith, you create what's called lack of faith. And when you have real faith right there, you love the creator no matter what happens to you in your life, especially when it's happening to you. We have people that die, loved ones die. We see terrible things around us all the time. And, you know, there's sometimes we we say, like, what a what a terrible place we live in sometimes right there. And and if we have faith in the creator right there, we, we say, you know, God, blame the creator for doing all that right there. But the thing is, is sometimes the creator is a lot bigger picture than our little small world that we exist in and our soul. Uh, the creator has, he created the whole world and he created mankind at the very end. And without mankind right there, I guess the earth would probably be in pretty good shape with its plants growing and its animals doing things and the insects and all the other types of things. But when man came along, created last, he had something very important to learn and that was to learn the purpose of why he exists. And why was he set in the world of creation right there? And they say in the Torah right there, he made man the steward of the world, to be able to take care of it and nurture it and all these other particular things right there. With that directive that was given to mankind, we have an obligation to take care of the world around us. But as we see the world around us, it's in lots of times it's in disrepair. But through time, it has been becoming better, believe it or not. We used to have World War One, World War II, Korean War and all these particular aspects, but we don't have the big wars. God forbid any big war. But things are a lot better than they were at the very beginning of our time. So going back to where we look at our faith, and when something happens to uh, us right there, we say we have a real good friend. And the friend is a really good person and everything like that. And one person, you know, somebody calls you up and says uh, they died. And you feel hurtful, of course, right there, because a good friend or a relative or one of your family members right there. And you go ask, well, this person was a really good person. Why would, why would the creator take that person up? And this is the question everybody asks in this world right there. When somebody's living and doing this thing and stuff like that, and all of a sudden they're no longer there. This is a very important loss that we have. And sometimes we have a tendency to go ahead and say, we can blame the creator for that. 
Or we can blame the person that, let's say, murdered them or killed them, or we can say the drug that killed them, or it can be many things that can create suffering in you, and you can have somebody to blame. Somebody cuts you off when you're, uh, when you're driving your vehicle right there, you, you blame him, and you're really upset with him and stuff like that, but you don't have any control of that person. So we can blame a lot of things in this world, but the biggest thing that we all have to take a look at, we have to look at ourselves and why we blame to begin with. And of course, the psychologists have all kinds of things we can talk about, uh, you know, that, you know, you were growing up and bad things happened to you and stuff like that. Well, every time they tell you something bad or anything like that, you know, then we can blame the bad thing. We can always blame the bad thing. But really, it's the way we look at these particular instances in our life how bad things occur. But one thing we always have to remember, if we have faith in the Creator, that we understand that He has a bigger picture that we have no understanding of. And as it says in Scriptures, if you read Scriptures, He giveth and He taketh away. Now, like an example of my life. Now, how would I deal with that kind of a blame game? Well, I remember one morning I woke up to a phone call. And it was the mother of my son. And she said to me, this is on Thanksgiving Day of all days. And she says, our son is dead. He was murdered by a drunken driver. Now, the first thing I went through right there was, of course, horror and shock and anger and all the other particular instances, what we go through when we can't believe that a young man of 19 being murdered by a drunken driver, which it is right there because the person was driving the vehicle. And of course, I can blame the the driver. But there's a bigger picture right there, and that's the one that you have of your faith. And if you're following faith at a particular time, you ask this question, and uh, many people ask this question right now. Like, why did you take my son away from me? And this is what I said. And I tell you, I was so angry. I was so angry. I, it says, you know, I follow all the rules, all the biblical rules and all the particular things, and I believed I was doing everything right. But the thing is, is that now I no longer have a son. And I had to deal with this. And at the particular time, I, I, you know, I studied the New Covenant and stuff like that. And it was very important that I'd follow one particular uh, rabbi in the New Covenant. Now, of course, and the Greek, his Greek name was Jesus, but his real... Jewish name was Yahushua, meaning Yahweh saved. And he said many things to me that turned, took me on a, a, a great journey about having an understanding about what I believe I have control of. He says, don't worry about it. And, you know, it was hard not to worry about it right there because, you know, I'm a father and it's my son and all he longer has right there. And so I started backing away from my faith a little bit right there. And, you know, I didn't quite understand that why would the creator take away my son? And so in these levels of months uh, that I went through this bereavement aspect right there, I really looked at my faith and tried to have an understanding of what Yahushua was trying to tell us in this world. And the key aspect is that he giveth and he taketh away. And this is the, the father does that, the great father. And so I had to take a look at that Should I carry a demon on my back all the time for hatred for the person, to blame that person that murdered my son? But the biggest object I had to do was one of the things that Yahushua told me. He says, that was to use forgiveness. 
Now, forgiveness is a very powerful energy that you can use in your life to remove the blame. A blame of obstacle or a person or a murder or whatever it is in the world is something that makes you suffer. That obstacle right there is a huge burden. You know, it's like a demon on your back right there, the hatred that comes through and the vindictiveness that one person suffers as they go through this aspect of losing their son or their daughter or whatever, their parent. But I had to learn something that Yoshua told me, and that was extremely important. It says, that to have forgiveness. And then forgiveness was the one that protected me. Uh, and I always say, uh, we fall into the pit of evil. And, you know, there's no one to help you there. But Yoshua reached in his hand, he pulled me out of there, and he says, if you have forgiveness of this person right there, I'll relinquish all the suffering and pain from you and the blaming. I did that. And I tell you, it was it was difficult to do. And the thing is, is, after a while, I started understanding a higher and bigger picture. Now, maybe the Creator brought the world, brought my son into the world for one thing, is to show me something very important. That how life is precious. And that for me, the only thing that was important in my life was my son. And then here he comes in and hip, scoop it up and take it away. Now, that has a large impact if you believe you have a lot of faith. And I trust me that when I went through this, I had to learn what my faith was. And that was a difficult, difficult thing to do when you have somebody lost. But I learned to have forgiveness of the person that murdered my son. And I had to continue on life and my faith. And that was the strength that the Creator gave me. And yes, they did it with a very hard whip by removing my son, but I don't have control of the world around me, nor did I have control of my son because he was living his life and the person that murdered him was living his life with alcohol and drunk and driving down the road. And so when people have Thanksgiving days, I have something to remember every Thanksgiving day that my son died on that particular day. Now, the thing is that people say, hey, let's go to a Thanksgiving dinner right there. And I go, okay, I'll go to a Thanksgiving dinner right there. And everybody has Thanksgivings right there. But on that day, is a very special day to me right there. Is that, that's the day that my son was removed from this world. As we know in the scripture, from dust we begun and dust we return. And he giveth and he taketh away. Therefore, it releases the burden on you right there to have the forgiveness on whatever the object that you have, the object that's creating pain in your life and suffering and misunderstanding and all those things, things like that. This is deeply internal inside of you right there. Now you fall back on your faith. And some people fall back on their faith and they blame and they curse the Creator. Now, there are people that curse the creator and get mad. And I, I hear this in Kabbalah all the time that, you know, they're cursing the creator because of what he did, or this and taking away that and stuff like that. But I understand because I went through that myself. And so when you curse the creator right there, you're, you're doing something, one extremely important thing is that when you have that despair in your life, that suffering right there, you call on the creator and you curse him, okay? Now, the thing is, is that the Creator says, well, at least you remember me. Okay, and this is an important thing, is that you didn't back off from the Creator. Yeah, you blamed him. 
But the thing is, is he's the one that can remove the suffering from you once you understand how the creator works in this world. He controls everything. Everything that we do and stuff like that. All we have is our little sphere of influence, our soul, which is in our body, and our body, which is in this world. And it's a, it's a quiet time in this world. Uh, we have time when we call them birthdays and we count the birthdays right there and it's precious time that we have right there. And for one to pick the choice of suffering every day or having hate or those particular aspects right there, you don't really get to enjoy the world in this small time that we're here. It's so precious. And you really have to take a look at it that my son was removed and I forgive the, the murderer and I have to move on, and I have to move on with my faith and have trust in the faith that wherever my son is, when he goes to the, the world to come, which all, all souls go to, that it will be in good hands with the creator. And the creator is, uh, you know, thankful that he came right there. And I always pray. And it's always good about praying about people that are living with us right there, that nothing happens to them, of course. Even the ones that get mad at you and call you names and all these particular things right there, when you can step back right there and use the one most beautiful word, forgiveness, and you forgive them. And as it says in the scripture, forgive them for they know not what they do. Now, in Kabbalah, we argue over these points, the Torah, the New Covenant, um, Islam, uh, Christianity, all these things right here. We all have the same patriarch, and that's Abraham. And we also have the same creator, which is the oneness. So therefore, basically, we're all in the same world of having understanding and wanting to understand how do you forgive? How do you forgive? How do you do that? And you can pray and you can talk to other people. You can go to therapy classes and all that stuff like that. And you may not get that part of that part of faith where they said forgiveness. How do you forgive that person? Now, remember, when you forgive the person, okay, that let's say my, the person that murdered my son, when I prayed and I got mad and I asked for forgiveness, now, I didn't tell the guy I forgive him. And this is the thing that most people don't understand. In Kabbalah, we have a different way of looking things that kind of resolve the problem. When we ask for forgiveness, we ask what's called the heavenly court. And that's the souls, the messengers, the angels, uh, the creator himself, all the particular things, okay? So we're praying to our Father, as it says in Matthew 6, 6. Uh, pray to our Father thus, our Father who art in heaven. So this is what we all do. And so I pray and I ask for forgiveness. I ask for forgiveness to that person that murdered my son. I didn't really tell the, call the guy up and say, I forgive you. I asked the Creator to do that for me. Okay. And this is a roundabout way of doing it because all prayers go to the heavenly court and then comes back down to the world right there. Once I relinquished that thing uh, in my prayer to the creator, the creator turned around right there and did whatever he had to do with the other person. And that person we say in Kabbalah has to go through refinement and correction just like everybody else does. And once I released that burden from me, then I understand why in the new covenant right there that uh, Yahushua was walking along and they, they put the stake on his back. And if you look in the Greek words right there, it's not a cross, but it's called a staros, which means a stake, and that's what they used to do. No? 
And this is where Yoshua said, I release the burden from you of the world. Okay, and this is the world we live in right there. And so he teaches us, uh, the rabbi, Yoshua taught us some very important Kabbalistic words. And if you want to know more about the Kabbalah of Yahushua, right there, and why he talks in metaphors, you can take the Thomas Gospel, and you can take a look at that, the general idea of more larger aspects of uh, the metaphors that is in the uh, scripture. But anyway, so I pray up above, right there, and that relinquishes me because I ask forgiveness of my hatred, which I'm not supposed to uh, do, uh, the murderous rage that was within me, and you release that. And and then you look around to all the people right there who suffer along with you, right there, and hopefully that all of us will come back to earth again, right here, and be able to forgive the person like I do. But then again, they don't, and then they carry a burden, which I didn't impose on anybody uh, to do that. All I did was between me and the Creator, and my son, who's in heaven, and I know that's world to come because uh, at one time I was in my mother's womb, and when I came out, that was the world to come. And these are all very important aspects of journeys. And after we go from this dust to dust, of course, we didn't have any control of coming into the world. Neither do we have any control of going out of the world. But he says in their nefarious ways right there, it's about the world to come. And they go, that's fine. That's fine. If the creator is infinite, then I will continue on the journey with the Creator as my son has and everybody else's parents have that are no longer in this world right there. We all move on. We all move on. And yes, we can say diabetes, them, cancer, a car accident, any, many things like that right there. But we always have to ask in our true faith that we, the ones who really have faith and not just basic religion, the one that puts everything in the hands of the Creator, and that's so important as a as a Kabbalist and a, a Christian, a Jew, whatever you want to be right there, call yourself right there. This particular aspect of when you, you no longer blame yourself, you blame yourself that you could have done all these things right there. But the thing is, is that in this world, we have no control and the creator does, and he will do things right there to implant and inflict change on you. And I mean, it's dastardly sometimes. Sometimes, you know, I went out to my car to go to the, uh, go to the temple right there, and the, the tire was flat. Okay, well, I can't go to the sh- temple because my tire is flat. And they go, well, thank you. Thank you for flatting my tire. Okay, so I look at things when things bad happen to me right there. I put it in the hands of Hashem. That's what I do right there. So I can live and enjoy life and have peace in my world and be able to work with my other friends and my brothers and sisters uh, that all talk about this stuff about Kabbalah, learning how to have an understanding about the control of yourself. And we use the Ten Sephiro, uh, we use the Zohar, uh, we use all the particular tools right there uh, to be able to have a bigger understanding of the world we exist in so we do not suffer. So going back to the prayer right there, uh, you ask the Heavenly Court, uh, forgive the person, remember there it's not in our control, and we let that go, and we continue on our journey of peace and love for everybody. And people make mistakes, and we know that. And I worked in a prison full of people that made mistakes, and all of them said they were innocent. And who am I to judge what they what they say right there? And I go, you know, they're human beings, and they made mistakes. And we all make mistakes. But it's the object of blame. 
I can blame myself. They, boy, was I stupid I got caught. And this is what they do in the prison. I was stupid I got caught. And then they teach them to be better, and they go out and they get caught again. Okay, but once again, they can blame the, blame themselves because, you know, they're breaking breaking the law. Okay, so, yeah, we can blame all kinds of things right there, but I tell everybody out there right there, get get your strength up in your shape. Real, I mean, really shape right there and learn, look under and study the word forgiving. And the other word that goes along with that hand in hand is mercy. And that's one, is another word that ties into that too, ever-loving kindness, okay? When you attribute those three parts of chesed, which is in the ten sephirah right there, you will become a very powerful person in your own right there to be able to help others, help themselves, uh, to remove the blaming uh, that they have. And it's it's worldwide. We blame people for just some things, the stupidest things. We blame them for that. And what that blaming does is creates division between you and the other human being. And we have a saying in Kabbalah, when you say so, you tell somebody that you, you don't like them or hate them, you're basically telling the creator you don't hate, you hate the creator or you don't like the creator because the creator made that other person. So once again, we have to step beyond the limitations of religion right there. And of course, the religions are all fighting among themselves right there, but they shouldn't be. There should be unity right there because they all believe in the creator and they all have the patriarch of Abraham. But the thing is, is that we'll use the higher level we call the right side there, the side of Abraham right there, that aspect of forgiveness and mercy and ever-loving kindness right there. That's something you have to work on personally right there. When every time you want to blame somebody, think about what I'm talking about right there. And it's, it's, I'm not pushing anybody. I'm not pushing a religion on anybody. I can use psychology. I can use that particular work there. And of course, psychology in Greek means spiritual. So once away, you can't really escape it in this particular world because the creator is everywhere and he's basically in control. Now, of course, the atheists may have a different way, and that's fine. They don't have to blame the creator. They can blame themselves. Once again, it's always your choice. Or you can blame somebody else. You can blame the president, as a matter of fact. Or you can blame somebody across the sea that you have no control of, no understanding of all right there because the creator's at play. And this is the thing that we have to understand right there because the creator doesn't need anything. He has everything and he gives everything to you. But we're like little children. We're spoiled. We want more and more and more and more. But in Kabbalah, we, we try to turn that need into bestowal. That's very important is that we learn what need is. And need is self-serving. And we have to understand this as well. If the creator... The creator can serve us. Why can't we be like the creator, which we're supposed to do in Kabbalah? Then we become bestowers like the creator. And then if he gives me forgiveness, I will give forgiveness. If he gives mercy, I will give mercy. Okay. Now, why are these so important right there, these, these words right there? On the left side right there, we have the ego, which, you know, it's a very powerful, strong thing and stuff like that. And, you know, I had to deal with the ego when, when my son died because I wanted to murder the whole world. I was so mad. But after I toned down a little bit and I let my faith kick in, and I tell you, it's a real challenge, a real challenge to, when somebody gets you upset and your little ego steps in and you're creating the light of division uh, between the two of you, repelling each other, when all you have to do right there is listen to what they're saying. 
And when you're listening to the saying, then you can practice forgiveness, mercy, and ever-loving kindness. Because remember, it's not you that's suffering. It's them that's suffering. And this is the key element of how, how you help others help themselves in this world. Yeah, and you can help yourself and your own family. Just at work, you can do that. You can be the lamplight or you can be the watchman at work. And people will come up to you and say, well, why do you have joy? I want that. And the thing is, is just, you know, you can have faith, okay? And what is faith? You know, let's take a look at our faith, okay? A faith is a belief system, okay? Now, we believe every day there's gravity. We believe that uh, the earth will keep spinning around. We believe that there's another day. We believe our heart beats all day long like that. We believe that we never stop thinking. But when it comes to creating the creator, which is the supernal consciousness, the divine intervention right there, which we call it, when he and it gets involved into your little world, your little fiefdom, your little kingdom, because we're all miniature kings and queens in this world. But all these objects that we deal with right there all work on the basis of that aspect of blaming. Next time you blame, and what if you take the B off of blame, you have lame, okay? That's what you are. You're really lame when you blame. So you can be a poet, as Bob Dylan says, I know it, I'm a poet, hope I don't blow it. But we can always have a lot of fun with words, which we do in Kabbalah. And this is always good for everybody out there, is to go beyond the range of the restrictions that you exist in this, the finite world, we call it right here, because we only live for a certain amount of time, because we're finite and the creature uh, is infinite. And if you take the end off the infinite, then you'll find out that we are his children, which is finite. And this is what dust does that we got right there. So I will close on this particular aspect of it. And uh, I'll mention uh, in Isaiah. And it's a very interesting one uh, in chapter 8. And it says on number 22, it says, and he, and he looked to the land, and behold, distress and darkness, weariness of oppression, and through the darkness he is lost. Okay. Well, that's a pretty powerful statement coming from Isaiah. And the thing is, is that when we listen, even the one that, that one right there, and he says before, he says, the one who passes therein shall suffer hardships and hunger, and it shall come to pass that he is hungry and wroth, that he shall curse his king and his, and it says on here, uh, lowercase g, which is, we use the lowercase g, God, we don't say lowercase g, we say idol, and face upwards, okay, right there. And this is the verse where we have right here is that, you suffer all these things right here, and Isaiah is telling you something very important right here. Uh, look to the Creator, as I have done in my life when I'm 71 years old, and I tell you, I, I've been through the washing machine and the dryer. And when you can forgive, you are really on the road to recovery of yourself and your sphere of influence, the people that are around you that care about you, they will notice that. So, once again, we always have to. You can always take a, a deep look at that right now. So anyway, uh, I will sign off here. And uh, I'm sorry to our listening public out there. And, of course, I always say good morning, good afternoon, good evening, <clears throat> that uh, Arnie wasn't here. And the thing is, is that like Arnie, uh, my, uh, the, the host of the show, 
is something special about Arnie also, because I've known Arnie for going on six years right there and and kind of going back to the blame when I first met Arnie, he, and I'll use his name. He blamed the creator for everything that went bad in his life. Okay, of course he had a couple of good things, but he didn't blame him for that. But the thing is, is that this is a person that was deep in suffering. He had physical problems. He had lack of faith. He cursed the creator. And I know there's a lot of people out there that say, well, when you curse the creator, it's, it's your history. Well, that's not true. That's not true. He says in there on, on the commandment, which is an important commandment. He says the third commandment. He says, do not misuse my name. Okay. And we know we use the, we say the, the G-O-D and them and all that stuff like that. And people have the misinterpretation that we're cursing the creator. Well, no. Matter of fact, the creator loves you when you talk to him. And even when you're upset, because we're all children and we don't get our way and we suffer, we cry, we weep, and we always turn to our father. Okay, our physical father or our father who up in heaven. We understand these, these journeys we go on. And, you know, taking another look, uh, going to another realm of this forgiveness and mercy. I mean, of course, I've been talking for a long time here, and hopefully whoever hears this recording will stay awake and listen to a little bit more uh, as, I, as I talk about these aspects of uh, forgiveness. Now, we understand, and I one of the things that, I've learned recently myself is not to become political. And I've always been political. And political is another way of blaming. And I know there's a lot of people out there that says, well, I won't say the president's name, a current president or the prior president or anything like that, but you can fill in the lines on your own account. In our, in our country, when I pray at night, I, uh, this is some of the prayers, and I'll let you insight to some of my prayers. I says, uh, watch over our president and his cabinet. Okay. Watch over our 50 nations, which is our 50 states. And I also say, watch over our beloved Israel. Now, these are three levels that in Kabbalah I can take a look at. It doesn't matter if it's this president or the president before that or the president before that. It's about all the presidents, all the presidents who we know about if you read their histories and stuff like that, did all kinds of bad things. But they were forgiven and we move on. Okay, they're forgiven. And it's just, oh, we're not going to deal with it anymore right there. But at the time when these incidents happened, of course, the president uh, before and after, let's say you know, our last past one and our present one right there, maybe he doesn't know everything that we should know in this particular world of how to be a good president. Okay, I don't know how to be a good human being sometimes. Let me tell you, I cursed, I did bad things in my life, and, you know, and, you know, people said, you're this, you're a bad guy, and all this stuff like that, and, you know, they blame me for this and blame me for that, okay? <clears throat> so when we come into the blame game, once again, we get back into blame, and this is why this, this object about blame right there, so we can blame the president for all kinds of things, okay? But the thing is, is that, and I, I, I told my, uh, my wonderful girlfriend, I told her, I says, I says I, she says, I get upset when you get angry over talking about politics. And I, I says, you're exactly right. 
So I made an oath, okay, and usually we, we're not supposed to make oaths or anything like that or pledges or any particular things like that. We're just supposed to do it. I will no longer talk about politics. Now, to me, I'm really in the world. I tell you, I love history, all the particular things and stuff on. And so I said, I'm not going to talk about politics anymore, okay, and it's, it's because it creates division. Uh, and you can blame everything that's happening bad on the president or the secretary of defense or uh, Nikita Khrushchev or whoever you want to blame. Okay. I lived during the Cuban Missile Crisis and they were building air raids for nuclear fallout. I'm like, well, boy, that's a big one. It'll wipe out the whole world. And the thing is, is why I can, uh, I can blame Nikita for starting World War III. And thank goodness uh, for Lukashen that we have not had. World War Three, but we are looking in a world where there are major factions in the world. And who are the major factions? I don't even have to tell you this right here, but the creator created all that too. Okay. Now, why would he create this person or that person or that person? Okay. And the thing is, is that we are to learn in this world. As I mentioned in the beginning of our discussion right here, the creator made us last to learn from the world we exist in, the physical world, uh, the trees, how the trees grow and the plants grow and the water flows and the rain comes up and all the beautiful features that we have in this world right here. And the animals that came and the fishes that came and the birds, they all have purpose. And man was created at the very last moment right there. Even the mosquito has lived longer on the earth than mankind. So man has to become the steward of the world. He has to take care of the world. And when we when he says that right there, it's basically a commandment. Okay, and then I always say this, and we get you can get into Judaism, you can get all his words right there. And he says, I command you, I command you, I command you. Okay, and I says, well, the thing is, is that in Kabbalah, we try to learn having an understanding that when somebody commands you to do something, you already have a revulsion for that person doing that to you. That's because your soul is uniquely individualistic for you and your life. And the thing is, the soul does not, if I came up to an impressment time that you have to bow it on your knees and pray to God and all this stuff like that, you probably think I'm a madman. Okay, so well, in Kabbalah, we don't do that. It's all up to you. You make the decision. But the object, the soul rejects it right there. And they'll say, well, I was brought up in a, a, a bad church or a bad temple. It really doesn't matter. They blame the, they blame the temple, the church. They'll blame you. Always. They'll blame everybody. Okay. Now, the reason, why do they blame everything? Okay, well, once again, they don't want to look at themselves. If you look at yourself, like the re, you are a reflection, as it says in the, in the Torah, as a, you are a reflection of the Creator. So if we're a reflection of the Creator, not only does the Creator create chaos in uh, the world, we also, as human beings, man, man's kind, create chaos in this world. And it's always uniquely different because when we create chaos, then we can always blame the chaos on somebody else. And everybody knows this. You all know that. When you blame somebody else, it's really your interpretation of why you're blaming. It's really you that has the problem most of the time. Now you have to take a look at this. And this is very important because he says, and there is, is you're a reflection of me. I made you in my image. That means you're a reflection of the creator. Therefore, in this world, we have the power as finite human beings. We can take life and we can give life. And as we well know right now, there's 
there's many places uh, in the United States where we are taking lunch. And of course, there's always an argument about that also too. But it's not my point uh, to blame. The object right here is to find out who is doing the blaming and what is their, is their argument validated. And the argument that you validate right there is that when somebody tells you something that you don't like, okay, remember, they're telling you something they like. And you have to remember, as Yosh was said, which I always love, those heavy ears, let them hear. And you can look this up in your, he says it all the time right there. A person who can listen to another person. This is really important right there. This is called understanding. This is called forgiveness. This is called mercy. And this is called ever-loving kindness. When you can listen to somebody rant and rave. Okay. And then after when they're done ranting and raving right there, and they tell you, they look at you, and they go, boy, I feel so much better. And this is an important element right there. It says they don't have to rant, right? The rant can be like, you know, I lost my marble bag, okay? And they can be ranting about that or, you know, I wet the bed or something, some, something to rant about. You know the size of it and the person that's ranting? It's gigantic because they have nobody to pop that balloon that they have in that particular construct. So I want to welcome uh, Arnie. Arnie's here with us right here, my bro. And so hopefully hey. you listen there, my friend. How's it going? I had chaos. Uh, well, uh, who did you, who did you blame? <laughs> who did you blame? Totally. You blame yourself, right? You were in control. Blame, You're in control. I, I blame myself. I no, oh, there, there you go. There you go. Refine, I would have been on the show. I, I would have been on the show, but my brain did not register today that we had the show. Uh, so I apologize to everybody. That, Okay, well, that's good. Well, let me finish up on my little code sorter right here. And so I was, I was talking about, you know, this blaming game and everything like that. Yeah, to up there. And, of course, uh, you know, you appear. And, and once again, we, we take a look at three ways to blame. And hopefully everybody remembers the little, little code words for yourself right there. Okay. So you can blame yourself. Like the Arnie just blamed himself. Man up, dude. Man up. Okay, that's what a person, a, a real person does. A woman, woman up. Okay, it doesn't matter. Child, child up. It don't matter. Whatever, wherever you are, just up. You know, we say man up. And what are we doing? We're talking to the creator. It's like a prayer. Okay, so power up right there and says, it was my fault. And this, I'll, I'll finish this with this example. Okay, now a lot of people might up there will say like, oh, that guy's off his rocker. And I say, yeah. I'm, I'm going to go be sitting in a rocker and playing about when I'm 80. So once again, you can be off your rockers, the old saying goes. But we say that a person got in an accident. Okay, this is an example for everybody. I know everybody uses this one. It's, the word is called accident. Okay, and an accident is the perfect dressing uh, for not revealing what the root is, the source of the whole problem for the, the whole thing, the chaos, as I was saying that. It says, it says, so it was an accident that my car ran into you. I didn't see you. Okay. And so as we always say in our little conversation, well, I do more or less right there because it's a lot of fun. And I says, well, who was driving the car? Was the car driving by itself? And then first of all, I have to distinguish between a car and a human being. And this is what I always say in Kabbalah. The body is a vehicle and the soul is the driver, which is your consciousness. That's just two levels. And that's the way you can look at, look at any religion, I'll tell you that. So the person driving the car, 
okay, didn't see somebody else, okay? Or maybe the other person in the other car didn't see somebody else. Well, the thing is, you get in an accident. And so both of them would say, well, you know, it was an accident and stuff like that. But the thing is, we know car cannot create an accident by itself, okay? If you forget to put the emergency brake on, yeah, possibly. But we know nowadays that cars are really kind of mandated by electronics and everything like that. But you wait until the black box goes out in your car and you can't go anywhere. Well, that's another story. So I'm going back to the accident thing right there. So the person will justify the rationality right there that it was an accident. And we have another word for that, okay? The word that comes in right there, it was an act of God, okay? Now, in Kabbalah, we understand what an act of God is right there, okay? We call it divine intervention. When he, do, he intervenes right there, he's trying to teach you something right there. So when we say act of God, it's, okay, earthquake, a tornado, okay? Uh, the, the earthquake's moving and creating tsunamis and stuff like that. That's called... That's called God's uh, thing, okay? But when it comes to you driving the car, that's different right there. So you're the driver of it. It was your fault. It was your fault that you did it. And you have to man up or woman up, however you want to do it right there, and say like, okay, I, I, I created the accident. Now, wh now, what happens when you admit that you were, you were wrong? In your deep consciousness, in your heart, and in your soul, you know you are deceiving. And once you start deceiving, you keep adding to it and adding to it and adding to it, and then it becomes a real problem right there, okay, because you weren't honest. We all, most all people want to be honest. This is why we say, I did it, it was, uh, I made a mistake, okay? That's wonderful. And we can apologize for it. Make sure you apologize with sincerity of the heart. So anyway, I just want to cover that little accident thing. Uh, the accident thing is another blame game. You can always have that fun. Talk to your insurance company and you'll find out more. So anyway, Arnie, my brother, so tell us about your chaos right here. we got a few minutes. Uh, the chaos was uh, the show was planned. It was an important thing to me. Um, but I had my – but once I, once I was not conscious because I was listening to what you were saying – and as you know, I had a car accident in September, and I, you review, it was a dangerous accident that I reviewed over and over and over again. Yeah, and I looked, so the thing that I saw was, number one, the circumstances were the perfect storm, that, like the movie. Um, yeah, an it. accident was probably to happen in my environment. But when, the one thing I got to look at as you were speaking about that, taking responsibility, was there was a possibility, a very small possibility, I could have had more intention of paying attention than what I had the day I had the accident. Yeah. So that was the, that yeah. little moment of, or that little thought that I, I reflected back on could have been the possibility of being one with the creator and one with the physical world. And that, the problem sometimes, like today, was I was in a, feeling in a very good place, but I wasn't looking at my physical responsibility. So therefore, I just went unconscious about the show. 
and maybe when I was driving, it was just that one microsecond of not clarity. Yeah, that's right. Sometimes, sometimes we talk about wanting to be in a spiritual realm studying Kabbalah. Well, we can't live in that realm and be in this world at the same time because we'll have a car accident. And I think that's the moment of clarity that I picked up from from what you were expressing about accidents and then being responsible totally from the spiritual world into the physical. That's what I saw. Mm-hmm. Well, we've all went through those things. I've been in many accidents too. And, you know, I was at the wrong place at the wrong time and somebody else hit me. And, you know, like, you know, I was at a stop sign. I was following all the laws. But the thing is that I was involved in an accident. Okay. Was it my accident? I was there. Okay. That's the thing. If I wasn't there, I wouldn't be having the accident. Okay. Well, once again, you know, we say divine intervention right there. The creator always sets up particular things for us to learn from. Okay. And you've learned a lot from your accident and stuff like that, but in the Kabbalistic aspect of it right there, and you looked at yourself, and this is what we're really talking about, because when we blame somebody right there, we always blaming the world or something like that, but we never blame ourselves because the little ego doesn't want to take blame for anything right there. And this is the part right there. If you can, if you can convince your ego that maybe just a little bit, how about just a little bit, just a minute, a little that you were, that you were thinking about something else, okay? And if it confesses up, then you're on your road to recovery, okay? And it starts at very small levels right there, uh, not to blame everybody. Or, you know, if you have a, a disease or something like that, or, you know, the thing is, you know, how, how can we, who can we blame that on? It says, well, the only one, as we sometimes say, we say the only one commits suicide is with your own hand, right? So if we eat the wrong things, we drink the wrong things, uh, that's what happens to us right there. We slowly... Uh, destroy our body, which is unknown to us from the Creator. But that's another story. So, so anyway, it's been a uh, a good aspect of uh, taking a look at uh, you know the bigger aspect of this right here, who to blame. And and your example is a good one. It's a good one. It's a good one. Go ahead. So so, I mean that was that was something I'd be kind of conscious of because of the doubt. And, you know, when you doubt, by doubting the accident, it was like, okay, was I at fault? At first, it's my fault because I was in the accident. And then and then it was, well, as I found facts out, there were facts. The probability, it came outside of me. But it could have been a near miss instead of an accident. And that's, yeah, that's a lot right. of times we don't know. We don't know how many near misses are in life. And I... From what I see, is I see the creator being part of the near misses and part of the probabilities, yeah, so that warnings. we could warnings. so we could find a way of having the unity with the creator and having mm-hmm. harmony while we live in life instead of having yeah. chaos. I had a friend yeah. of mine um, going back and forth on this subject last night, and a lot of the discussion was, uh, well. You know, without mistakes, life is boring. And I wound up <laughs> developing more into, well, this person happens to have a lot of chaos. And the chaos was being attached to an old relationship that's no longer, and she's still mourning the loss of that love. So 
so she's mm-hmm. focused on the chaos part of it and justifying it, like you were saying, justifying mm-hmm. the the little things of here and here, what was called, uh, it would be boring without it. And what I saw and expressed to her was the opportunity of knowing that the creator allows us to manifest chaos because that was her desire, sometimes mine. And in her case, she was actually had a desire for that chaos for things not to be what she was saying boring. I suggested how about having some peace in your life and letting go of the past and moving on so you could have something new that is more more rewarding and more satisfying. Yeah, and what you mentioned what you mentioned only in that first that last bit right there was very important what you said. Extremely important. People who live in this world, in this finite world, to them reality is suffering. And they like the feeling of suffering because they feel alive. Yes. This is an, a very unique aspect of right here. And when we're looking for peace or chaos, there are people that just like that thing. They like the chaos because it makes them feel alive. And the thing is, is that when they feel alive, they suffer. And when they suffer, this is what they do because this is what they believe in. That's her faith is to be able to, to suffer all the time right there because, you know, what is peace? Peace is boring. Now, how's that for an offshoot of the opposite side? I mean, it's a very important element, what you talk about. Go ahead. Well, I, I also learned that I had chaos, uh, which a lot of people have, is you have financial cha- challenges. That causes chaos. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, that's a have, when you, thing, too, yeah. And when you don't have balance of your money so that, you know, if you start running out or know you're headed for running out, that creates fear and chaos. And then I had a windfall, which was not about physically having having abundance of money. It was I had faith that I want my desire was to have balance and peace. And so I could focus more on serving others, serving the creator, being more more in the spiritual realm instead of dragged all the way on the left side that we speak about of fear of what this world is doing. And that was a prayer, a desire and a prayer to have that balance. And things started manifesting because of the prayer and the desire. I was being attracted, which we know in this life, laws of attraction, is if we have a goal and we have a big desire and we believe, and then we add faith, not blind faith, but true faith, then things manifest because you prone to doing mistakes on purpose, mistakes on accident. In the Zohar, I read that it said, if the creator is meant for you to have something good in your life, a a mitzvah, a a good uh, blessing or a windfall or falling in love or something happening where there's balance in the physical world, even if we make mistakes on purpose, that, that intention of the creator will manifest. And usually mm-hmm. that's for the benefit of your spiritual growth. Yeah. Well, that's, that's good right there. But, you know, when we do this blame thing we, I'm talking about right here, and it's kind of funny right there, the, you know, uh, last week we got cut off like that. And we can blame, as, you know, Kalitha says this. So we, can, we can blame uh, uh, the computer, the BTR, for that cut us off automatically. And there's a little laughter right there, and I was kind of laughing about that right there. 
But the thing is, is that it's, it's so much fun uh, to take a look on the word blame. And I said take the B off, it's lame. But the thing is, is that we take a look at that thing right there. But the object right there, when we blame something, okay, we blame an object, what do we try to do? Okay, we try to blame the fault on them, but the object is not that at all. The object is to help that person, help that person. How can I get them not to blame people? How can I educate them? How can I do this? How can I do that? And this is why we turn that every negative into a positive right there. Try to show them there's a breath of fresh air out there right there. So, yeah, yeah, we can always blame all that like that. But if you're within the sphere of influence for that particular person who's going through the suffering right there, you can help them. You can help them uh, by listening to them. And I mentioned this earlier right there is to try to help them get out of that pit, that pit of blaming everyone and stuff like that, or or themselves too, right there. We have to help them help themselves. And this is what we always say in our Kabbalah classes that we have right there. We're not here to teach anybody anything, okay? So the object, when a person comes to our Kabbalah class right there, they're, you know, they're expecting expectations of all these things right there. And as we always say, and it says, this is only about you, you and the creator. Okay, and as I sometimes mention right there, it says, well, I am a cult, cult follower. And I go, who's the cult you follow? And I says, the creator. <laughs> okay, so I always, you know, I'm a follower of the creator, of course, because is that a cult? Yeah, probably so. But, you know, we make all these words up like that. But, you know, and what we're trying to do here right there is try to create uh, an, an understanding of that particular deep feeling inside of you But you know, we always talk about the ego. That's what the ego is doing, is try to blame everybody else. But the thing is, is that we have to show a little bit of understanding to have it change, to have an understanding that if they can just admit to a little bit of the blame, which is yourself, and that's where you ask for forgiveness right there, and then it's all over with. You know, it's all taken care of. That, so. the, the, the statement you made uh, earlier, a few paragraphs ago, mm-hmm. uh, is... Uh, I talk. I was talking to a friend about chaos and and how mm-hmm. when your integrity and you break your word, mm-hmm. you break it just a little bit. That problem, the way the the laws of the mm-hmm. universe. I learned this years ago, and I've seen mm-hmm. it, so yeah. I know it works this way with the creators, okay. of course. Arnie, we only have a few seconds, so go ahead and finish. Oh, quickly. here we go. So anyway, so. Okay. Bottom line right. is that mistake grows into a bigger mistake until you deal with it and get your integrity back. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So anyway, why don't you go ahead and conclude the show there, Arnie, since you're the host. Thanks a lot for everybody joining us. The show is sponsored by countyproperties.net, local real estate company. And uh, you did a good job on the show. And thank you guys for listening. And we will have our Cancer Answer show next month which will be about physical therapy and dealing with cancer. And we'll talk about some spirituality on our next Kabbalah show. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Thank you all.